Let's uh, let's pray and then uh, we'll get started. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray, Lord, just like Brother Chris said, Lord, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Lord, give us ears to hear. And Lord, uh, Lord, I just thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, help us, Lord, just to have good hearts and receive this word, Lord, that it would just bring forth fruit. Lord, help us, Lord, just, uh, Lord, lay it all aside and listen for this time, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, if you would. It's kind of a little bunny trail. Not a bunny trail, but kind of a, it's just a path. I say, I would say it's a path we're going to take this morning. This thought path, if you would. Hebrews chapter number 11. Just to try to get you to see one point. One point. And it's an important point. It's a real important point. Hebrews chapter number 11. I apologize. I'm chapter number 3. I flipped over. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him before his translation, and he had this testimony that he pleased God. And here it is. But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I have this question for you today. Can you please God without faith? No. How do we know that? Bible says so, right? Pretty simple. Simple question. How did we first get our faith? Hearing. Hearing. This is going quick. This is going quick. We have a potluck service afterwards. This is going to go real quick. This is good. This is good. We're all on it. Turn to Romans chapter number 10. Title of the sermon is listening. Listening. Romans chapter number 10 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You know, the only thing that's going to make you ashamed is your sin. Amen. You know, turning to the Lord, that'll, that'll help you. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, verse number 13, shall be saved. Whosoever repents, ask the Lord to forgive him, 
believes on his name, calls upon him, Lord, save me. They're saved once and forever. But how shall they call upon him? Verse number 14, they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know what? And how shall they preach except they be sent? You know what? People got to be sent out. People got to go forth outside of these walls and tell people about Jesus Christ. Now you're, you're responsible for throwing the seeds out. Just throw it. Just tell it. But how people are going to hear and listen to it is on them. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel, verse number 15, and bringeth forth glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? And then here it is, the ever famous, ever famous verse. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know what? You gotta listen. You gotta listen. I'm gonna take it a step further. Go to Proverbs chapter 14. Should you listen to all people? Verse, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 7 says, Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. So how did you know this person was foolish? How did you figure out that this person was foolish? You listened to him. You heard him. You had to listen first. You didn't just look at the person and say, you know what, eh, that guy's got some cutoff jeans and he's got a tattoo on his arm, you know, and his hair ain't kept and he stinks. I'm not going to listen to that guy. Am I making sense? Yeah. That Bible says, go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. So you listened to that person. Until you realize, you know what, this guy's just cursing all the time. This guy's taking the Lord's name in vain. This guy's just blah, 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 blah. Go down the list. You know what? This person isn't worth listening to now. And you know what? Furthermore, he ain't even worth hanging around. That's what the Bible says. That's Mike Nemeth's version, though, but that's go from the presence. You know what? Don't be around him. You don't need to listen to him anymore. Keep on going. But can I tell you something? That guy did listen to him. And he had to judge. He had to make that discernment there. You know what? This guy isn't worth listening to. This guy's a fool. I remember one time I was there in the McDonald's there in Prineville. We was up at a camp meeting. And this guy was just da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was kind of da-da-da-da-da with him. And Kevin goes, well, let's go, Mike. <laughs> My brother-in-law, Kevin Congro, he just goes, let's go. And he goes, man, that guy just wants to preach. He goes, we just leave that guy alone. I said, you know, he's right. He's just a fool. Just go from his presence. Just leave him there. They ain't worth being around, and they're not worth listening to anymore. But Mark chapter, turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. 
Anybody here had to mow their lawn yet? Yeah. Parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4 and in verse number 1, he says, And he began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude. So they entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no fruit. Another fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit, then sprang up and increased and brought forth, and some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they asked that were about with the twelve, asked him this parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven to them. Verse number 13, he said to them, Know ye not this parable, and how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they. Now he's going to explain to it what he just said to them. And I'll give you the references. He's going to explain what he just said in those first few verses, he says, Now these are they which are sown by the wayside, which the word is sown, and when they have heard, they heard it. They was listening. When they heard it, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the, the word that was sown in their hearts. That's right there with verse number, verse number four. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. So Satan there is likened unto a fowl, right? And it says, Bible says there, it says, and when the word was sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. You know, I mean, I remember the one time we read this stuff and we, we think, we know that it's true. But then you get to, like when he was in Kansas, then you really just seen it happen. Some of us know some of all these scriptures. Right? And you say, how in the world did I just forget that scripture that one time? Guess who took it? Now, if you're not reading it all that much, and you don't read it all that much, you've never had it, the little bit that you did have, Satan took that. But Satan, come when he was down in Kansas, this one boy guy, he prays the Lord, Dylan, he gets saved. We lead this kid to the Lord, and he gets saved, and he's, I mean, just glowing ear to ear. He got saved, and then the whole church rejoicing, and during this, this BBS meeting that he has. And the next day, we go for have another meeting. These other girls raise their hand to get saved, and he raises his hand, and we get up there, and we're all sitting in there in the pastor's room with Joe Brown, and he just says, man, I just feel like I'm not saved. And he's like, what, well, man, you got saved? It's okay. And he starts, he goes, there's this voice that just keeps telling me that I'm not saved. Yeah. Buddy, I'm telling you right now, it's real. Yeah. Devil come right in there. And you know what he tries to do? You know, hey man, I'm saved. I'm saved. And then you get out there in the world and he's only gone for less than 24 hours and he comes back and he's just like, I don't feel saved anymore. Because the devil just reached right in there and took it and ripped it out. Yeah. 
and left him with doubt. That's what the devil's going to do. He likes to rip that word of God right out of your heart and just replace it with doubt. You better have some trust in the Lord. You better be careful what you're listening to. You better be listening to that word of God and just filling it, filling that heart with it. Because the devil's just going to come and get it. So you better have a lot of it. Or he can't have all his bags, you know what I mean? <laughs> Good luck! You ain't getting it all, buddy, because I hid some of it. Just like, just like that guy at camp. I don't know if that was the first time he got saved or not. Maybe the devil just creeped in there and maybe took some, gave him doubt. Took that seed out and threw some doubt in there. Yea, hath God said. God didn't really say that. You ain't really saved. But he knows now he's saved. Satan wants to fill that with doubt. Verse number 16, chapter number 4. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard, there's listening, when they have heard the word, immediately they received it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time, and afterward when affliction or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You know, this goes right with verse 5 and 6. And some fell on stony ground where it hath not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. That's where that goes with. You know what? It had no root. It had no root. It was just surface. Surface Christianity. Just surface. Never got down in there in the center. Never got on the foundation. Never got wrapped around something that was real. It was just surface Christianity. Shallow. Shallow. Then we've seen it. You've seen these people. They had a zeal for a while. They get a zeal. They want to do some things and all of a sudden something happens and they're gone. They didn't like what the Bible said. They didn't like maybe, you know, I wrote down these words. <laughs> See how these go? Praise God. Submit. <laughs> Woo-hoo. We don't like that word. A lot of people don't like that word. That's why I said it. <laughs> how about obey? <laughs> how about listen? What we're talking about today. And they have heard the word. They was listening. And you'll see it. You'll see it. If you're in this amount of time and you're in this Christian life and you're going to walk and you're going to see believers come in and you know what? They're on stony ground. Shallow surface. No root. No relationship. They ain't getting their nutrients from the rock. Getting that water from Him. And when that sun comes out, you know what? They're still going to get their nutrients. Those roots ain't going to dry up. Am I making sense? They're gone. Immediately, it says. Immediately, they're offended. You know what? As all this keeps going on, you're going to see a lot more people get offended by these 
truths that are in this book. You got LGBTQ people don't like I'm I'm they don't like that. A man's a man, a woman's a woman. They don't like it. That, that's not offensive. That's just truth. That's what it is. That's the way God created it. But it says immediately they were offended. You know what? The truth's offensive. The truth's offensive. And I look over there, turn over there to Luke chapter. What's, what's real interesting. Let me give you an example here of stony grounds through the Bible. Luke chapter number four. And ironically, it's on the same Luke chapter four and sixteen. Luke chapter four and verse number sixteen. It says, And it came and he came to Nazareth, that's Jesus, where he had been brought up, and his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered on him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to recovery and recovering of the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and all the eyes that were in the synagogue and were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Do you know what he does? He just opens the word of God. He tells it to them. And you know what they say? Verse number 22, and all bear witness to him and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Man, that sounded so good. Those are just gracious words. And they received it with gladness. Are you getting it? They received it with gladness. Oh, let's keep reading. And he said to them, Ye will surely say unto this proverb, verse number 23, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever ye have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country, but I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heavens was shut up and three, when shut up three years and six months, and when great famine was throughout all the land, but none of them was none. Elias sent save to Sarepta, a city of Sidon, and to a woman that was a widow, and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. Is that truth that what he just said? That's every single one bit of word of truth. I preached that a few Sundays ago. We went through that whole thing. And you know what it says right after that in verse number 28? And all that they were in the synagogue when they heard these words were filled with wrath. <laughs> oh, we got some surface Christianity going on now. We went from, oh, that was so good to what in the world? That, that offended me. Offended him so much. That in verse number 29, and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led, and led him unto the brow of the hill wherein the city was built that they might cast him down headlong. <laughs> I don't know if you get me more offended than that. That's true. <laughs> That's pretty offensive. I mean, we don't like what you said. In fact, we're going to push you out of the edge cliff. We're going to put you head dive you all the way down. You're dead. <laughs> I'm just saying stony ground. 
just literally. You know what? The truth is offensive. You know, I was reminded of this verse today. Anybody remember Psalms 119, 165? I'm going to commit this to my memory. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Is that us today? Is that you today? Do you have a great peace? Have they which love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Read my Proverbs today and was texting with Brother John. And it says, when a, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. How many enemies you got? Do you got a great peace? Do you love his word today? Are you listening? Do you listen? Turn back over there to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter number 4. And then verse number 18 and 19. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and becometh unfruitful. And that goes right there with verse number seven. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. And you know what? A lot of people in this category too. The Word of God gets preached right now and inevitably there's somebody out there thinking about whatever, hunting, fishing, sports, football. I'm just going through my list. I don't know what your list is. That's just me shooting from Mike. I'm shooting at me. You know what I mean? Amen. You can ask my wife. Yep, that's what he thinks about. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? The cares of this world. And it just gets in there. You know what that's likened unto? Thorns. Thorns. I mean, I did a lesson here one time on thorns, and you don't even have to do a lesson on thorns. You can just go out there in this world and look at thorns. Especially if you have any form of acreage that has animals on it, there's thorns everywhere. Thistles, sticker bushes, I mean, everywhere. And every one little sticker has a hundred flipping stickers on it. So when you get into a big patch, I'll tell you what, I think I've used this one, but I'm going to say it again. We helped this one guy. He shot this deer and we don't know where it went. And all we know is when, when a wounded animal gets somewhere, it's going to go somewhere where it feels safe. And around here where it feels safe, they can jump right in the middle of a bunch of stickers. Right smack dab in the middle because they don't have to worry about anything. Any predator that has a paw is not going to jump in the middle of them stickers. We understand why. We don't need to go there. So we're going through all these stickers. I'm going through beating all these stickers down and just talking with the Lord. You know, hey, Lord, if the legend would guide me this. But then he's just like, no, it's not here, but I'm going to give you some illustrations. And as you're going through that, you know what? These sticker bushes have been in this, this pile for years. Ten years, those stickers at least. Now just think that you don't read your Bible for a long time. You go on years and years and years and years, don't read your Bible. These stickers been there for many years. Then they, they got so amounted and piled up on top of each other that I could literally climb them up on top of them. Praise the Lord, I found a stick. 
only to prop me up, but I could literally get up there and stand on the stickers like this and balance on them two feet from above the ground. And I would have fell had I not had a staff, amen, to hold me up. You know, some of these things in the world will support you. The deceitfulness of riches, they'll support you. But the Bible says over there in First Timothy, it's going to drown you. Many men have sought after it and they've drowned it. But you know what I found out when I was all those stickers that have been growing over and growing over and growing over? You know what I found out that was on the very bottom of those stickers that grew? You know what grew there on the very bottom of underneath all those stickers that have been there for years? <coughs> Nothing. I know, I think you're waiting for something really good, but, but it is really good. <laughs> Absolutely. No, yeah, no flowers. That's exactly right. You know why? Because those cares of the world and those deceitfulness of riches and the lust thereof entering in choked it and it became unfruitful. It took every single last bit of nutrients that was in that soil and sucked it up for itself. So no flower was ever going to grow. No fruit was ever, because that flower's got to come forth first, then the fruit. Just took it. Cares of this world. You know what? They're hard to get rid of. I mean, I still got some. I hate when football season comes around. I really do. I'm like, not again. <laughs> I get better at not watching the games as much, but I'd be a, I'd stand up here and be a liar if I told you I didn't check the scores every Saturday or Sunday morning. Alabama won again. Oh, they lost. Cares this world. That's it. <sighs> You better take care of how you listen. Take care of how you listen. Verse number 20. Mark chapter number 4. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Some thirtyfold and some sixty and some a hundred. And this goes right there with verses number 8 and 9. And And others fell on good ground and did yield fruit, and it sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some a hundred. And I like what the Lord says here. He says, and he said to them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You know what? You better listen. And this, this was, this, this seed came in, and you know what it was? It was received. It came into that heart. You heard that word of the Lord preached and you, you, you believed in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. That's what happened to me. I mean, I called out upon the name of the Lord. I believed in my heart that God hath raised him from the dead. You know what? I got saved. Amen. But I believed in my heart. That word's got to get down in your heart. You know, it's how it's received. You, 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 you see that all through. Paul says that time after time again in the Scriptures, and I'm not going to turn to any of them, but he says, and you received the Word that we we gave to you. You received it. You got it. You received it. It came into your heart. It sprang forth. And then you got the Corinthians fruit, Thessalonians truth, Ephesians, 
Colossians. Fruit, 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 fruit. Because they received it. Granted, there were some in there that didn't. But they received it and became fruitful. I love this example. Let's just, let's turn to Luke chapter 24 and let's see how this word was sown and received and what happened. Luke chapter 24. This is, you all know, this is my go-to passage. This is like me when the pastor says, turn to Romans chapter number 12. <laughs> and like, oh, Mike's turning to Luke chapter 24 again. Praise God. You got to have a passage in life. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse number 13. And, and behold, two of, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have to one another as ye walk and are sad? So you know what? They, they did not know that this was Jesus. Did not know it was him. And they're sad. They don't know it's Jesus. And it goes on to say, And one of them whose name was Cleopas answered and said unto, Art thou only a stranger? In Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. And we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. They and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that he had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them that were with, which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. You know what? They, they had this great understanding of what the scripture was. More so than the disciples ever did. Right? Because they're like, I don't even remember this third day. What was he talking about on the third day? And you go through this list of what they had. They had, they knew a lot. You know, we still need to learn a lot of scriptures. You don't know everything. I certainly do not know everything. So you need to be in your Bibles too. Amen. Nobody that's ever, any pastor that ever comes up and says, I know everything. Just ask me. Run. Amen. Because he doesn't. What's the name you're going to get on the white stone? You know what I mean? Or are you going to get it? Anyhow, we'll just keep going. You're like, I don't even understand. Exactly. <laughs> we'll move along. <laughs> but uh, they didn't know this. They didn't, you know, we can all learn something from Scripture. God's got something for you when you open that book. Every single time you get right with the Lord, you confess your sins, you search after him with your whole heart, you draw unto him. He will talk to you. He will feed you. He will nourish you. But is it going to get down in your heart? Are you going to listen? Are you going to receive it? And here's what the Lord says. Remember, we're talking about seed and how you received it. They don't even know this is Jesus, right? They just spilled it. Oh man, I know all kinds of Bible. I know all kinds of Bible. Da, 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 da. And Jesus says, Oh fools! 
And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, to enter in His glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. So He tells them right there. Calls them fools, even though they were sad. And He sows a bunch of seed all the way from Exodus all the way down to Malachi. Sows a lot of seed, right? And then it says this in verse number 28. And they drew nigh unto the village whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. So I'd just like to ask you guys, where would you be right now? Oh, I was sad. I didn't know this guy, and he's just going to rebuke me with the Bible? Yeah, you guys, I'm going to head around that way. Yeah, good. See ya. <laughs> Later, dude. Tired of listening to you talk about the Bible. Tired of listening to you do this? It offended me that you called me a fool. Is that you today? Did it offend you? Do you have a great peace? But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Oh! <laughs> Guess that word hit pretty good on some good ground. Guess it got in there on the heart and guess it was received. Guess they didn't get offended. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? You know what? The Lord's going to correct you. He only chastens who he loves. You, but are you listening? Are you willing to hear it? Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And without faith, it is impossible. So you better listen. <laughs> I got one point. That's all I said. I'm only preaching one point. That's all I'm preaching. I'm all I'm preaching. All right? One point. One point. But you know what he did? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered. And then they were with them saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared. They went forth and they told the told people and bare fruit. That's received with gladness. Amen. And that's a pretty tough, pretty tough place for anybody to be. You know, they went out and told others. I'm going to close with this. It's not a happy note. Second Chronicles chapter number 34. How are you going to receive it? Second Chronicles 34. Okay, well, nobody ever turns to Second Chronicles 34. <laughs> when was the last time we was in Second Chronicles 34? Second Chronicles 34, and the Bible says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. So this guy, he began to reign when he was eight years old. Eight years old. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Eight years old. And this guy ain't going this way. He ain't going this way. He's walking right down the straight and the narrow. 
Eight years old. Boy, that's a good kid. That's a good kid. By all means, I say, man, that's a, that's a good kid. Verse number three, for in the eighth year of his reign, so now he's 16. While he was yet young, he began to seek after God of David, his father, in the twentieth year. So now he's twelfth year. That's it. Thank you very much. Twelfth year he began to purge Jews. So he's twenty. Of and from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. So he takes out all these high places, the groves. I mean, he goes in there and praise God, he could have got. I mean, he got it all done without a chainsaw. I mean. He could have got it done with a chainsaw faster, but he didn't have one. But he goes in there and he's just cleaning house. Verse number four, and they break down the altars of Balaam and his presence and the images and they were in the high above them and he cut down all the groves and the carved images and the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto him. You know, he just broke down the altars in his presence. This guy would just walk in and remember those stories you hear of like the prohibition, the guy come in and start preaching against alcohol and they just dump the alcohol out when he came into town. So this guy, he'd show up and he'd start and he's like, oh man, you better get rid of all these false gods. He's coming in and they just break them right before he came in. Busting them up. You're like, man, there's a revival going in here. Busting those up, cutting down all the trees, getting rid of the high places, getting rid of the molten images, busted them up into pieces, made them unto dust, and then he threw it on those graves. Yeah, that's a little bit mocking. <laughs> that's a little bit mocking. Just mocking them. Not only that, in verse number 5, and he burnt the bones of the priests upon the altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. That's violent. But he did it. By all means, this guy was just... He cleansed it. Then over in Second Kings, there was no wizards. He got rid of all the wizards. Got rid of all the people that had the familiar spirits. I mean, by all means, this guy was doing everything right. Everything. Look at verse number 33. And Josiah took away all the abominations of all the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all their that were present in Israel to serve it, even to serve the Lord their God and all the days that he departed not from following the Lord, the God their fathers. I mean, that's a pretty good thing. And I'll take it a step further. I actually wrote this down in 2 Kings 23, 25. This is what it says about King Josiah. This is what it says. And like unto him, there was no king before him that turned unto the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him or arose any before. I wish the Lord could say that about me. I wish he could but it ain't going to happen. That's a pretty good thing. That reminds me of their Acts chapter 7 with Stephen. You get over there to 2 Chronicles 35.18 and 30, look at 2 Chronicles 35.18. We're, we're going to close with this. And there was no Passover like this kept in Israel from all the days of Samuel the prophet, neither did all the kings of Israel keep such a Passover as Josiah kept. And the priests and the Levites and all the... Judah and Israel that were present with him in the inhabitants of Jerusalem. In the 18th year of the reign of Josiah, this Passover was kept. And you write that, oh, he opens this book. I mean, he leads one of these greatest revivals and everybody's getting right. By all means, this guy was the all-star Baptist of Baptists. 
but he wasn't. He was Josiah. Best that could have been. We've just heard the verse. Verse number 20, And after all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up against the fight against Charchemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. Now listen to this. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him, and hearkened, and hearkened not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God. And came to fight in the valley of Megiddo, and the archers shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of the chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died. You know what? There was a battle he didn't have to fight. But he said, Ambassadors, but what have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, forbear thee from meddling with God who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Boy, I have to imagine that probably just didn't sit all well with old Josiah. Buddy, do you know who I am? Do you know what I've done in life? And you're going to tell me, Necho, the king of Egypt? Egypt, the type of the world? Buddy, we got pulled out of you a long time ago back with Moses. I ain't listening to you. I ain't listening to you. I'm not going to listen to you. And he hearkened not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God. Why did he die? Because he hearkened not. Because he didn't listen. That's in my top five of scariest verses in the Bible. It really is. Never preached on it. Might have made mention of it a few times, but I hope it was a blessing to you. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. That verse scares me. Go thou forth from the presence of a fool, and thou perceivest not the lips of knowledge in him. You can still listen to somebody. Don't have to obey them if they're a fool. And that's no obey them, you know what I mean? But you ought to be able to listen. I wonder about people who don't listen. People that are just always... The talk of the lips only leads to penury. Some people, like I told Brother John, I said some people use lotion on their hands and some people just need chapstick. Because <laughs> their lips are always moving. <laughs> but you know what? you got to listen. I'd rather be more like those two on Emmaus that listened. 
Oh, foolish Mike, you don't understand everything that's in that Bible. I know, I know, I know, I know. Can you help me? Instead of, I I don't, I'm out of here. Am I making sense? One point. That was it. Listen. How are you going to receive it? And it goes, I mean, they didn't know it was the Lord. Which makes it all that much more. You got to listen. You don't know who the Lord's going to use. You don't. The Lord's going to use whoever he wants to. You ever think about that when Elijah was Elijah was down there on the I forget the the creek. He's down there by the creek, down there by the brook, Kidron, is that right? He's down there by the brook Kidron. What does he use to feed Elijah? Bird, a raven, an unclean bird. Think on that for a bit. But that was it. The Lord will use whatever He wants. Better listen. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this day. Lord, I help us, help us all, Lord, just to have ears to hear, Lord, and just perceive us, Lord, what Thou hast said. Lord, thank You for Your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank You for all these people here. Lord, I pray You bless every single one of them. Lord, help us, Lord, just to hearken unto You. And Lord, uh, Lord, just bear fruit. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.